What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let's him host. It's a Nintendo numbers day, Greg. So, of course, that means I have to be here. Somehow, it's always lucked out that every single time in Kind of Funny's history, every single time. It's never so. not happened, you don't think? I No, I think so. I mean, I, I talk about this so often that I'm like, it has to be, man. I'm so I feel excited. You. I agree to an extent. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like whenever there's huge Nintendo stuff happening, you are on here for it. It's just, you know, they know. They feel it. I feel it. It's a Nintendo connection. They're like, you know what? It's going to be a Tim Thursday. They got my Thursday. friend code. It's going to be a Tim Thursday. Let's get over there. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, there's no time to waste. We have a bevy of Nintendo to n- news to talk to you about. I have a whole, whole bunch of... I, I got one. I got two. I got three. I got four. I got five. I got six Nintendo stories to start. Wow. Six a plumber's Nintendo dozen. stories to start. You say a Bowser's dozen? I said plumber's. Oh, okay. Bowser's would have been a better play, I think, on the Baker's thing, but I appreciate Plumber's either way. So start Europa Report. Let's get into it because this, of course, is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free. You can get the show with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. Of course, you get very similar benefits for all the other Kind of Funny Games content. Stuff like PS I Love You. XOXO, the kind of funny X cast, and of course, the kind of funny games cast where you could go get uh, watching live as we record those shows. You could get the games cast post show where I always win at Bless Who or whatever weird game Blessing likes to bring and everybody gets mad at me. It's a great Wombo time. Combo. It's all. I hate Wumbo Combo and I still dominated it last time around. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the best, you know, Janet tried to step up and I was like, let's go. And we went a few rounds and how did it end? I won, of course. Woo! I was going to maybe not spoil it for you. I want to fucking spoil it for you. I always win. I'm Greg Miller. Uh, however, if you don't want to give any money to winners like me on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, no big deal. Of course, you can get every episode of Kind of Funny Games daily for free. You can be live watching as we record it on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, just like Destructoid is, Xander21899 is and Lexi Gunner are. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday if you need an extra way to support us why don't you use our epic creator code if you go on the epic game store you can put in the word kind of funny as your epic creator code uh that would get us a little bit of a kickback when you buy some of the stuff there you might say hey greg i don't play any of those pc games i play on my switch my playstation my xbox well if you're playing fortnite rocket league or anything like that you can use the epic creator code kind of funny there too and it really helps us out Mm-hmm. housekeeping for you uh, there's a brand new episode of the kind of funny podcast up it is the coelho cut of kevin falling in his backyard of course you've probably all seen the clip i, I should say the clip because there's multiple clips now of multiple days but the most recent clip of kevin just biting it as hard as possible in his backyard will cecil watched in horror uh you can now see the uncut footage as he goes down uh, and let Tamla- me tell you you think you've seen it all when you see the extended version of it, it is so much worse than you would expect. There are multiple points of impact. It's the thing for me where uh, that morning, Kevin said it happened again. I was like, what? He's like, I, I fell in the backyard. And I was like, oh, and we all remember the first clip of him, you know, falling, trying to run back up for the Twitch thing. There's a great TikTok up at t- Kind of Funny Games of the, him falling for a million different reasons, including Tim's hype hat, which I was very happy. And my, my own baby, I guess, Benjamin. Uh, and so I was like, oh, okay. And then when the clip got posted, just the clip, 
the way it, the violent nature in which he goes down and he lands and like there's so much room for his back and head to go back I, and then the cut i was like oh this only gets worse and so i can't i still haven't seen it. i i of course had to step in for a blessing yesterday who lost power because him and michael Hyam can't pay a bill and so i you know now i know now i can now i know that i'm i can go in well rested and watch the clip myself i'm mm-hmm. excited for mm-hmm. it uh, thank you to our Patreon producers who can pay a bill. Uh, Gordon McGuire, uh, James Davis, a.k.a. at James Davis Makes, Pranksky, Manny, the Bagel Boy Sanchez, and Black Jack. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. <laughs> Ten items on the Roper Report. A Bowser's Dozen. Nailed the Barrett. Good job, CEO Junior. Uh, as I said, ladies and gentlemen, it is a Nintendo news day. Nintendo financials are out. There's a whole bunch of there's a call about it. So we have a million different things to go. We will start with the biggest headline for you, Tim. Number one, the Nintendo Switch passes 100 million sold. This is Mike Minotti, the game's beat hottie. Nintendo revealed during its latest financial report that lifetime sales for Switch are at 103.54 million as of December 31st. Not only does this pass the 100 million milestone, but it also beats the Wii's 101.63 million consoles sold. Originally launching on March 3rd, 2017, Switch still has no successor in sight, so it should continue to sell. Major games, including Splatoon 3 and the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, are on the horizon. However, Switch still has a ways to go if it wants to top Nintendo's best-selling console ever, the portable Nintendo DS. It sold over 154.02 million units. Game Boy is next on Switch's agenda, which, according to Nintendo, sold 118.69 million units. Uh, Nintendo, however, is cheating by combining the sales of the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Timothy Robert Geddes... You, of course, are Mr. Nintendo around here. How are you feeling about passing that 100 million to sold mark? I mean, it's insane. Last time we talked about this, we said that it was inevitable. This was going to happen. I think last time we talked, we said it was going to cross the Wii, which it just did. And I think that we were saying that it would not quite yet pass the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. And yeah, they still have a ways to go for that. I think a lot of that has to do with supply less than it does um actual demand for the nintendo switch itself so it's interesting to look at it now the number one console above the ones you named playstation 2 at over 155 so that i think is the the big question of at the end of the day will the switch cross that number because i think it it easily is going to do more than the ps4 at 116 more than the game boy and game boy color at 118 once we get into that ds and ps2 era of uh, the 154 plus that's the big question that's rare air, right uh i mean that's absolutely insanity but i think it's gonna happen uh and i think it's gonna happen because they're saying this we're halfway through uh switches life cycle i think number switch- two on the road for four let's bring that into the conversation all right we're gonna go to bloomberg uh where takashi mokuzuki or mochizuki says uh or is talking about nintendo cutting the switch outlet for this year but talking about how long the life cycle is going to be Nintendo cut its sales outlook for the second quarter in a row as console makers grapple with chronic chip shortage that is likely to continue this year. The Kyoto-based company now expects to sell 23 million Switch units in the fiscal year ending March, down from the previous 24 million. It sold 18.95 million consoles over the past nine months, a 21% drop from the same period of a year earlier, and said challenges around semiconductors and shipping may persist. 
Console makers have been struggling at the back of the line for semiconductors since the start of the pandemic, with compatriot Sony Group Corp uh, cutting more than $3 million from its PlayStation 5 sales forecast when it reported earnings a day ahead of Nintendo. PS5 shipping costs have grown so high that the company is expecting higher profit because of the reduced number of sales this year. That's crazy. Back to Nintendo, though. Uh, the $350 OLED model of the Nintendo's handheld hybrid Switch, released in October, has also been hard to find in stores, suggesting the company could have sold more units if they were able to get them out to retail shelves. Uh, component makers and logistics uh, providers say they don't see signs of the jam coming to an end this year. Now, jumping a bit, I've jumped around this whole article, by the way. Obviously, go uh, support uh, Takashi and Bloomberg over there. However, back to the actual a quote they're pulling out here, right? Uh, quote, Switch is just in the middle of its life cycle, and the momentum going forward this year is good, Nintendo said on a call at the earnings report. The Switch is ready to break a pattern of our past consoles that saw momentum weakening in their sixth year on the market and grow further, end quote. I want to pull in some context from Billy Givens over at GameSpot, who wrote about this, citing the Bloomberg article, but added this. Nintendo consoles have typically been released five or six years apart. So the Switch, which initially launched in 2017, is closing in on what would typically be considered its final years. It's unknown in uh, Furukawa, this is Nintendo, uh, remarks indicated longer than usual wait to release new hardware, or if he's simply promising to continue supporting the Switch well into the next console's life cycle. Tim. The quote is, Switch is just in the middle of its life cycle, and the momentum going into this year is good. Switch is in the middle of its life cycle. What does that mean to you? I mean, I think it means what we've been guessing for a long time, and, and it's going into what I was saying about this ending up potentially beating out the PS2 to become the highest selling console of all time, and that is that the Switch brand is going to continue, and I think mm -hmm. that when we get whatever the next Switch version is, it's going to be more alike than different to this Switch hardware, and it's going to okay. count in the same family in the same way the Game Boy and Game Boy Color family, the same way the DS family um, are counting as count as the same thing for hardware sales in the same way that PlayStation 2 versus the Slim versus the different iterations they had and the <laughs> PS4 and the PS4 Pro uh, and all that, and there's differences with all of those things I just said, none of them, none of them are one for one. Even the Game Boy Game Boy Color is an interesting one, where the Game Boy Color didn't have many exclusive games that you can only play on Game Boy Color, but it did have a hundred or so. Um, of consequence, probably closer to ten. But um, that's you know, Game Boy was more of a numbers game, anyways. But um, I do think that, yeah, like I was saying, thanks for, for bringing this up, Barrett. But the uh, PS4 and Game Boy are done deals. I, I do think that even with the projections that they're putting out, that they're going to cross that by next year, right? And I think that their projections are lower than what's actually going to sell. Um, obviously, so much of that has to do with supply. But I think uh, a very important thing to note from yesterday's uh, or last night's reveal of all these numbers and stuff also came with Nintendo's plan for the next couple of years of releases and them reiterating where they're currently at with certain titles and some interesting things to note there. We got Kirby's Forgotten Land, March 25th. We got Advanced Wars, uh, one and two reboot Woo! camp, spring 2022, Splatoon three, still 2022, Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope, still 2022, Bayonetta three, still being called 2022, the sequel to the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, still set for 2022 bullshit they're saying it i, I, I know I, they're saying it they're I, trying to do that to pad their pockets with the investors that ain't happening. i think Zelda's more likely than bayonetta i'm gonna be honest there padding their pockets or without stuff though greg metro prime 4 still on the list tba tba on that one but it's there yeah. 
So yeah. they're still working on it. They're still acting like it's a thing. And I, I think that that's an interesting thing to bring up because of what we're going to end up talking about a little later, I think, when we start getting into the, the actual sales numbers of games themselves. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you want, I can bring that in right here if you'd like. Let's if you do want. It. Number three on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen, we have the top 10 Switch games of all time. And guess what? Shockingly, it's still dominated by Mario Kart. We go to GameSpot where Eddie Mako writes... As part of Nintendo's latest earnings release, the company updated its list of the best-selling Nintendo Switch games of all time, and Mario Kart 8 is still on top by a good margin. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has now sold 43.35 million units globally as of December 32, 31st, I imagine Eddie meant there. Unless they added another date, we couldn't get out of December 2021. (laughs) Uh, That's a massive number, even ahead of Red Dead Redemption 2, which was 39 million sold. So... Your top 10 reads like this. Number one, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe with 43.35 million. Oh, disgusting number. Just because it's so many. That's insane. Look at that number. That's 43 million people, Tim, that will buy Mario Kart 9. You know, that's what I'm saying, Barry. Let's go. (laughs) No, that's crazy, though. I mean, because you think back to the the Wii days, like the, the Mario Kart Wii sales were like, nothing the industry has ever seen with rare exceptions of course you can bring up legacy things like tetris and you know all that whatever uh and, and uh we fit and the, the random explosive things but mario kart just a core title being released on the wii and it getting the 30 million plus sales was like astronomical and here mario kart 8 deluxe is just like yeah we're gonna keep going up and the numbers are insane because it is at 43 million that is up five plus million from last year for a game that came out five years ago that was based on a game out that that came out 10 years ago true yeah but it was a great game all right and deluxe includes all the stuff we love so don't get all crazy about it all right don't get let me get through the top 10 before you get into this you're in there dissecting it up you're cutting it up like a kid who can't wait to eat this roast beef mom just pulled out of the oven number two Animal Crossing New Horizons, 37.62 million. Number three, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, 27.4 million, which coincidentally is the number of spirits in the game, I believe, too. Uh, Number four, uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 25.8 million. Number five, Pokemon Sword slash Pokemon Shield, 23.9 million. Number six, Super Mario Odyssey, 23.02 million. Number seven, Super Mario Party, 17.39 million. Number eight, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu slash Let's Go Eevee, 14.33 million. Number nine, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond slash Shining Pearl, 13.97 sorry, 13.97 million. And number 10, Ring Fit Adventure with 13.53 million. Good for Ring Fit Adventure and all those people getting fit, you know? Yo, straight up, you're right. Like, that is such a shock. Like, that game is, we, we need to learn. You can't discount people wanting to get fit. Gamers wanted to get fit. All we want is an easy, fun way not to be fat. And and everybody keeps saying they have the answer, and then we do it. And after a while, like, no, this still sucks. Working out still sucks, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, hey, Nintendo got a lock on that shit, man. Like, these are insane sales. Like, to be in the top 10 best-selling games on the Switch, a console that is known for ridiculously high sales numbers for games, that is an insane achievement for Ring Fit Adventure. So, shout-out to them. Going up a little bit more from that, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Greg, let's put some context on that. Please that do. That game came uh, out last month or two months ago. Three months ago at this point, I think. Okay, yeah, times, times, yeah. yeah, you know. It's, it's <laughs> I was like, wait, that was longer than that. It's I still three months it, and 13 million? It came out in, in November. In November. That's well, I mean, absolutely... if you want context, I mean, look at this. You got three Pokemon on there, right? At number five, number eight, and number nine. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to bring it in right now, Tim. I'm going to bring it in right now, all right? Pokemon no, Legends. Why not? 
because because I want to say I want to clarify what I was saying real quick, real quick. This sales numbers for one month, November to December. Fair. Oh shit. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. That is breaking into the to the top ten. Like wow, that that's just one month. That is going to be even higher later. Sorry. Now bring in what you're going to do. Number four on the Roper Report: Pokemon Legends Arceus may be on track to be the second fastest selling Switch game. This is Matt Perslow over at IGN. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus is the second fastest selling Switch game in Japan and stands a chance of achieving the same accolade globally, according to new fag- figures. Faggers, no figures uh, reported by Famitsu. Uh, physical sales of Pokemon Legends Arceus hit 1.43 million copies within three days of release in japan this lags a little behind animal crossing new horizons uh which is the fast huh i mean yeah keep going which is (laughs) it lags a little behind animal crossing new horizons which is the fastest selling game in japan thanks to moving 1.88 million copies in three days in comparison pokemon brilliant diamond slash shining pearl sold almost 1.4 million copies and sword and shield shifted 1.36 million in the same period so again as of today, right, with this news report, three Pokemon in the top 10 Switch games, looks like that's going to be an easy one for four pretty quickly. Absolutely. And I, I, I laughed there because there's lagging behind the second game on this list at a whopping 37.62 million copies sold after less than two years. Like, yo, Pokemon Legends is about to skyrocket up this list. I think next time we hear about it, it is going to be much, much higher. Uh, no, it's not even on the list right now, but it's going to be ring fit adventure will be much higher I'm sorry. Yeah, your, t- <laughs> your time is limited ring fit adventure you got yeah. your accolades tim gave you the flowers today yeah enjoy them we'll never cut. talk about you again nah but it's dude that's that is insane it shows the power of pokemon man like they can kind of put out something that is kind of whatever in the form of brilliant diamond and shining pearl like a very like one of the lowest effort uh of the core titles they've put out and that's saying something because it's pokemon and Take from that what you will. It is what it is. It's a a remake that had less effort put into it than any of the remakes in the past uh, for a Gen 4 Pokemon game. And then they come out with Legends a couple months later, and the sales are just going to continue to just come in. They're making that money, baby. It's just hand over fist. This list is going to be Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. But guess what? That's not even representative of the Switch as a whole. This is just the top 10. And the with no, the number 10's coming in at 13.5 million. Yep. Think about the up to 20, up to 30. Like these games are selling incredibly well. I want to keep going up the, the list a bit. Super Mario Party at 17.39 million. That's uh huge for a Mario yeah. Party game. Huge. And then Mario Odyssey, even then, like 3D Mario, that's a very, very impressive number for um that for that type of Mario game. Uh, Breath of the Wild, obviously one of the highest selling Zelda games ever. Uh, Smash Ultimate, 27.4 million. So Smash Ultimate is the highest selling fighting game of all time uh, already. And it's just going to continue to keep growing from there because just like Mario Kart, Smash has that kind of legacy uh, interest where people buying switches that don't have one yet are gonna buy Smash Brothers. They're gonna buy Question Mario. Question for you Kart. then, and I I hear you and I agree with you and I understand all this. I'm not surprised by any stretch of the imagination. Kart obviously amazing. Animal Crossing obviously amazing. We've lived through. I guess actually all these games are amazing. This isn't me talking about quality. Are you surprised? There's I'm I guess if I'm glancing at this after you know all this these years since 2017 and all the conversations and all the people who have bought switches that I would know, I would have thought maybe Zelda's on top of Smash. And I know that Smash is so big with the hardcore audience, don't get me wrong, and I know it's the best-selling fighting game of all time. I know all this stuff, I'm not, and I'm not taking away from Smash. It's just the fact that 
with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild being a launch game for the Switch, and that for the longest time, seeing like that was the combo wombo you bought, right? You buy a Switch, you're buying Breath of the Wild with it at launch. I'm surprised that Smash was able to get over it, I guess. Maybe not, but it's just one of those, that would have been a toss-up for me. But if that's like a hard, like in the past, especially, right, like, you know, uh, Zelda is usually critically acclaimed and loved, mm-hmm. but like, Tim, remind, like, isn't it like, on the lower end of like usually like what those games bring in sales wise like this is like fucking impressive in the grander context of Zelda as a franchise. 100% I'm not taking away from that yeah. I'm aware of that figure too I'm just saying from living it and the, yeah. the amount of people yeah. I have a lot of people that I tell to buy a switch and tell them to get Zelda or that hey I, I have a switch oh, what do you, I've, I'm still playing Breath of but the I Wild think, and I'm like you're I not think- a Breath of the Wild player but that's the thing is you you need to tell them to get Zelda. You don't need to tell them to get Smash Brothers. Gotcha. And I think that yeah. that's that's kind of the difference. Is Smash and Mario Kart. There's just this like party vibe to it that sure. people are just like, oh, I'm getting a Nintendo. What are the Nintendo games I need? And those games just have such legacy in a way that Zelda has that too. But Zelda kind of has that othering element to it where it's like, oh, that's for real gamers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like just the, the to actually have the numbers for context here, like the second highest selling behind Breath of the Wild, which Breath of the Wild's at 27.5 million, right? The second highest is Ocarina. 25.8 is what's on here for uh, what Nintendo released. Then uh, uh, Ocarina is at 13. Shit, fuck yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And then after after that, Link's Awakening at 11, and then it just goes 7, 5. You know what I mean? Like, it, it starts dropping pretty quickly. We're still talking about millions of copies sold, and the context of what that means, especially in those time frames for video games, is very different than what it means for a system that has 100-plus million units out in the wild right for, sure. for people to, to buy so all that's different but the the facts that are people are buying nintendo games more than they ever have and they already used to buy them a lot um so <laughs> that's crazy but with with smash uh i saw daniel amad on twitter put out something interesting so smash ultimate is the highest selling fighting game of all time but mortal Kombat is still the highest selling franchise of all time granted mm-hmm. way more entries or whatever but that doesn't matter this, this is how we count it currently mortal Kombat's at 75 million Tekken is at 53. Street Fighter is at 47. Smash Brothers is at 69, baby. They're coming up. They're coming up. So, but the thing is, Mortal Kombat's going to continue to put out new titles and sell millions at a time. So I think that's going to keep bumping up. But I want to keep an eye on Smash Ultimate here because uh, in this last year, they went up from 25.7 to 27.4. Like that, they're still selling millions of copies a year for a game that's been out multiple years now uh moving on up from that we have animal crossing 37 million up from 34 that as well right it's second year of release selling 4 million new copies is uh, incredible when you compare that to the amount it sold in year one not as impressive but still we're talking about 4 million copies of a game sold in one year the second year of release that is more than most games will ever even get close to touching uh, in terms of sales, like exclusive or not, and then getting up to Mario Kart 8, this is the craziest one, is it is now how many years on the market, and it is up 5 million copies still in one year. Like, that that number to me blows my mind, absolutely. Is Greg frozen? Yeah. It looks, it looks like it. I just blew his fucking mind. With those I know numbers. he is they're, stunned. They're he is, some would say, flabbergasted. Now let me ask a question: mm, mm. Can Greg Miller pay his electrical bills? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Sometimes, sometimes karma, man. 
karma. Oh, wait, um, I got something in general. Internet is gone. I'm looking into it. Wow, they forgot is, to pay the internet bill. This is the best. <laughs> Talk shit, get shot, everybody. You heard it here first. Oh, man, I see Bless in the chat coming to save the day. Um, I'm going to keep talking, though, about uh, the, the sales numbers here. So games that aren't in the top 10, but I think are important to talk about, Metroid Dread mm. coming up. Uh, Metroid Dread not quite becoming the number one best-selling Metroid game of all time, but it is days away. We are less than 100,000 units away oh, from wow. it being the highest-selling Metroid game of all time. <laughs> um, so that's insane. It is at 2.74 million copies sold. Congrats to Metroid Dread. Absolutely killing it. Uh, I do not like how my face looks right now. <laughs> 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 oh, man, it's great. Shit. It's great. But um, I'm not surprised by that. Um, I, I I am very happy for them because the game is super quality and Metroid is a series that I love. And similar to Zelda, like we were talking about um, in the last story, like it is a game that has been critically loved for decades. But the sales numbers, while not bad by any stretch of the imagination, uh, were not like the tentpole, top 10, Pokemon, GTA, Call of Duty type things, right? Um, so to see Samus kind of get a win is, is awesome. And I, I think it's a good sign that Nintendo's... Um, library and focus on the switch of not having to do a wii and 3ds version of every single thing has kind of allowed them to reach into different ip like things like WarioWare um and advanced wars and metroid um with a little bit more readiness to just be like you know what hey like let's let's try something different and then they're selling well and i think that when you look at things like kirby and the forgotten land that gives me a little bit of hope that they're trying to put some focus on some other franchises and maybe Maybe reinvent them. I think we've yeah, kind of gotten away from them up from a that. little bit too, especially yeah with Kirby. Where at least when I was at IGN, like the maybe two Kirby games I had to play for like capture and stuff, like felt very like by the books and seeing them try to like kind of reinvent franchises like the what is it Forgotten Land, the Forgotten City. I don't know anymore. Um, Forgotten but, Land. Yeah, and people seem to be excited about it of this uh, Kirby Last of Us uh, uh, crossover game. So um, yeah. Yeah, and it, it. it's cool too with the, with that because you look at the Switch and we've we've talked about it for so many years now. But I actually think it's been a while since we've talked about the fact that the Switch represented just a a shift in let's reinvent these franchises, right? Like let's see Mario, let's Mario Odyssey. What can we do that's different? Let's not just make a sequel to another Mario. With Breath of the Wild, obviously, what it did for Zelda, and now Pokemon Legends. I think we're kind of getting a return to a Nintendo we've been seeing the last couple of years. And I keep bringing up the fact that I think 2022 is going to be a repeat of 2017 for Nintendo. God, I uh, and we so. look at I know. And I, I hope so. You man. look at their what they're talking about here, the Breath of the Wild sequel, Splatoon 3, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Like there's enough things there that are like they could See, have a repeat. But when you when you say that, it's like I, I wanna believe, but then at the same time I like I, I don't believe. Like Mario plus Rabbids, I feel like is a, like more of a guarantee than any like anything else that you've said so far. Um in terms of like in terms of actually coming, coming out? out. Yeah, of coming out this year. Yeah. That's true. But this is like Splatoon 3 and like I know it can happen. I know there is a world where it, where it could happen. But like Splatoon 3 and Breath of the Wild, especially cuz we don't know like we know that neither of those games are going to be coming out in the next couple of months we have to like assume, right? And so like to have both of those be in their like second half of 2022, I don't I don't know. That feel for what Nintendo usually does that feels 
like really tight to me. I still, I, I, I still think something needs to come out in the second half of the year. Is the thing that's missing? Oh right? yeah, we're something so, needs to come out. Yeah, and we're we're still so early, and I think there's still so many question marks. And I can turn on my camera now, Barry, if you want me to. I mean, I guess. Don't. Hate <laughs> it, but like, here's the thing. I want to make sure you're not eating a fucking ice cream thing this time. I did come. Okay. Home, I came home with McDonald's. Like, I was I was legitimately in the McDonald's drive-through <laughs> as Greg got frozen, and I was like, ah, oh, shit, this is bad. This is not. This is not great. The fact that uh, it seems like Greg Miller can't pay an electric bill. That sucks, man. That sucks, man. That what, a, sucks, what a disgrace. You know? Who'd have thought, man? man uh, pay the bill. It's. It's interesting looking back at Nintendo the last couple of years because I don't think any year has been uh, a, having a pattern that, that we can kind of look at and be like, oh, here's what we're doing, especially when you add COVID and all that stuff to it. But 2017, when the Switch launched in March, there was a stretch where every month, except for I think August, had a quote-unquote major release or at least a focused release from Nintendo. Some of them were smaller than others, but they really kind of had a good cadence and having multiple banger tentpole games with Breath of the Wild at launch and then Mario Odyssey later in the year. Um, and then obviously, like, moving forward, I think 2019, we saw a lot of the, the smaller titles, the Luigi's Mansions and the Fire Emblems and those type of things kind of uh, having a similar cadence and Astral Chain and all of that where it's mm. like, there was always something that Nintendo was like focusing on and pushing. That all got messed up in 2020, and Animal yeah. Crossing was kind of their their one big thing. But then I feel like they're trying to get back on their 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 feet, right, and like start running again. And I I feel like they're getting ready to take off again. And and I think that we will see a steady cadence of releases from them. I feel like it's already maybe even kind of started, and it's a little Pokemon focused right now. But like. Getting Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Legends so soon was like pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think being this early in the year and already having Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is a big major release from Nintendo that is getting good reception, you know, I think that's already off to a good start. I know recently we got, uh, uh, what was it, Pokemon 3D All-Stars, or not 3D All-Stars, Pokemon 3D World, no, 3D Land? Well, the, the big 3D game with Bowser's Fury in it. We oh, you're Mario. Mario. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Mario. Yeah, we you're got saying we, Pokemon. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, is sorry, not, not Pokemon. Mario. We got that in like a January-ish, February-ish time frame, yeah. right? But I feel like when we were talking about major releases and like especially big new releases, to already have one is already very impressive. And when we're talking about the cadence, right? Like 2022, I think it's going to be the result of us getting so many games delayed out of 2021 and out of 2020. We saw Nintendo struggle a lot. Like you mentioned, right? In 2020, we got uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons and then we got... Uh, what Paper Mario and we got the Zelda Hyrule Warriors, right? But like those were either like they didn't hit as much, right? They weren't the big temple thing, or it was Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is like one of the biggest Nintendo releases in years and years and years. And so like this year, I I I'm not as hopeless for Breath of the Wild actually coming out this year. I think there is a good shot it comes out this year, right? I think the Bayonetta three, I think there's a good shot we see that this year. I think there is a good shot that we'll get some surprises at an E3 or or announced at a Nintendo Direct sometime this year that are gonna gonna come out this fall, right? Like I think this might be the year, not even just Nintendo, but across the board from companies i think we've already we've we've already i think gotten off to a really great start in terms of big game releases actually hitting dying light 2 got delayed out of last year into this year right where uh, uh i guess elden ring got delayed but like it got delayed from january february but reports were that that game might have came out in uh, uh late last year if everything went to plan right we're seeing a lot of shit get shifted into this year ghostwire tokyo coming out as well mm -hmm. i think for Nintendo, I think that's going to apply. I think we're going to get to the second half of this year, and I have a way clearer picture on top of Pokemon and Kirby in the Forgotten Lands, uh, and like the uh, the other Nintendo games that we already know that are announced for this year.
Well, I mean, on top of that, like when you really start thinking about what the other teams are working on that we haven't heard from in a while, that's where I start to get really excited because a lot of this, it's like these are known quantities or things that we've kind of expected or things like Kirby that are uh, not necessarily teams that we're looking forward to their next project on bated breath. So it's like, oh, cool, they're doing a Kirby game. I hope it's good. Uh, there, I think yeah. a little bit more in, in the Gorilla pre-Horizon type. Uh, state as opposed to something like the Nintendo EAD teams where it's like what is the Odyssey team working on what is the Mario Kart team working on like it's been long a long long time for both of those teams uh to have been working on projects what what is it what are I we going to see it, we're getting we're getting to that point in the life cycle where we're going to start seeing sequels right like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 being uh, probably the first big one Splatoon but, yeah. 3 and Splatoon, Splatoon 3 being another one, but I also do, yeah, expect a Mario Odyssey 2 or some kind of big follow-up to 3 Mario, whether that be Odyssey 2 or another big idea for Mario. I think we are going to start seeing those repeats or those second entries from that 2017, 2018 years uh, of Switch. And so I think, no pun intended, good things are on the horizon. Yeah, absolutely. Very exciting stuff. Uh, but let's move on to some more Nintendo stories. Also from the Bloomberg report, don't look for any acquisitions. Uh, Nintendo chief Furukawa said in November that the company plans to spend up to 100 billion yen to strengthen its game development arsenal with a focus on promoting organic growth. On Thursday, he reiterated that Nintendo plans no change in its investment policy, though he also said that the company isn't against acquisitions if those are necessary. Our brand was built upon products crafted with dedication by our employees and having a large number of people who don't possess Nintendo DNA in our group would not be a plus to the company. Not a surprise, right? Like, I th this is the type of thing where you look at Nintendo and they've always kind of really done their own thing and, and uh, went to the beat of their own drum and they focus on their IP and very strategic partnerships when it comes to third parties and the type of games that they want to support on their platforms. The one thing for me, and, and uh, somebody can you wrong me on this because at this point they might have already done it, but a company that I'm surprised Nintendo hasn't acquired yet is Grezzo. Uh, which is their kind of port. It's their blue point, essentially. Mm. Like they're the ones oh, that did yeah. the ports for the, the 3DS um, Zelda games. Um, but at this point, they, they might have already bought them and I'm just forgetting. But like those are the type of acquisitions that I think make sense because the Nintendo DNA is there. They've already kind of proven it. And we've seen that with Nintendo over the last couple of decades where they'll have these teams that kind of work on their projects or ports or elements of, of different games. And then they eventually get uh, brought in to just be official Nintendo teams. And, and Nintendo's funny because it's not like Xbox Game Studios where we can name all of them and PlayStation having its PlayStation Studios, you can name all of them. It's like Nintendo EAD Group 1, Nintendo EAD yeah. Group 2. It's like, like they're all it, Nintendo and then you'll have some uh, groups here and there that are studios under Nintendo. But even uh, Retro, right? Like that's a studio that like I'm not surprised that they're not acquired but at the same time i could see them being acquired because they've mm -hmm. worked with, with nintendo for so long and have made successful nintendo second titles. party yeah like they're a second party quote-unquote studio uh it's funny like, i i read this and i i think of nintendo as that meme of like somebody who's minding their own business meanwhile there's two people that are fighting back and forth in the background right where sony and, and microsoft are kind of having that back and forth of acquisitions and trying to figure out like what those acquisitions mean to them, Sony acquiring Bungie to figure out what multiplayer means to them so they can stay competitive, Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard so they can obtain those IPs and those teams and stay competitive and really own that space. Whereas Nintendo, we talk about it with the Switch sales, right? Over 100 million Switch Switches sold. Switch is on, on track to outsell the PS4. Nintendo 
does not need to worry about anything going on outside. The only reason I could see Nintendo acquiring a company would be would be if maybe a company that they really like working with is under threat of either going down or being acquired by another company. I think that would be the only reason why why Nintendo would want to uh, actually acquire uh, a studio. Other than that, it very much seems like Nintendo is kind of like stepped to the side uh, of like this big console acquisition war and doesn't really need to pay attention to it, which I think for them is a really good place to be. And they're able to do that because they're Nintendo and they're not necessarily known for like they don't have that same reliance on third parties and, and big outside of Nintendo releases the way that both Sony and Microsoft do. Yeah. So I'm looking at the, the wiki for the Nintendo team. So Retro is uh, owned by them now. Okay. Uh, so they have Retro. They have Next Level Games, which uh, did the Mario Strikers games back in the day. Also, uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, 3 most recently. Uh, the ND Cube team that's known for the Wii Party series. But then also a lot of the, the Game Boy Advance uh, titles that we all know and love, like the F-Zeros and stuff. Monolith Soft that does a lot of their JRPG stuff uh, with the, the Xeno series and all that. Um, then we have... All the 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 research and development teams, the NTD, NEAD, all that stuff. There, there's a, a, a ton of teams, but it's just interesting that Nintendo does shit different, right? When it comes yeah. to how they play play this stuff, and Grezzo not on the list, so uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Again, not su- not too surprised about this, but I I do think that at some point the question becomes like. Who is going to try to buy Nintendo and how ridiculous is that news story going to be? I don't think it's going to happen. You, I was going to say, do you think that's, that's ever going to happen? I. I think inevitably I think, it's going to have to. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen in the next five years. But I do think that inevitably it it will happen. Uh, I mm. think that that there will be attempts, and I think we're going to hear about those attempts. And I don't know if it's going to be in an official capacity or if it's going to be some he said she said shit. Yeah, but it's like going to be a Schreier. great a great week of kind of funny games. Yeah, I'll dude, tell you what. You imagine? I could not wait to read that Jason Schreier article. By the way, Tim, Chad is letting you know that someone's at someone your front is door. at my front door. Yeah. 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 Do you, like, when you say someone's going to buy Nintendo or going to try to buy Nintendo, are you thinking Sony, Microsoft, or are you thinking gigantic big tech company like Google, Amazon, that type of thing? I, um, I think at some point those become one and the same. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think it will be Sony or Microsoft, but I, I think that that might be even with backing from one of those even bigger people. But mm. we're getting into such crazy theoreticals that I don't know. But you just look at the numbers here, and it's like Nintendo's doing so great. They have so much money that they can just rely on. They don't need to be bought. They're a Japanese company. There's so many layers of complications that come with all of that. Mm. But the value's there, and we're talking about there's a lot of money to be made every which way from this. So I think that they they have no reason to. But that doesn't mean that other people aren't going to try to get it because they're valuable as all shit. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see how that all goes. But before we move on, I want to tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. If you've been listening to any kind of funny podcast, you know that we absolutely love using DoorDash. It's so great. It's so simple to just be able to order whatever food we want and then have it delivered right to our house along with the restaurants you love. You can now get groceries and other essential items delivered with DoorDash. You can get some drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. Uh, With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos. We always talk about Volcano Curry in San Francisco, of course. Uh, Ordering is easy and your items will be left outside 
outside your door when you choose contactless delivery drop off whether it is the local favorites or the nationwide chains like things like popeyes cheesecake factory all of that for a limited time y'all can get 25 percent off and zero delivery fees on your first order of 15 dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter code kinda funny that's 25 percent off up to a 10 dollars value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code kinda funny don't forget that's code kinda funny for 25 percent off your first order with doordash subject to change terms apply and now we're back with story number six nintendo interested in nfts not Damn. question mark plus that hits Damn. you so hard what i said not and your eyes lit up this oh, thank god thank god <laughs> was, oh Tim, you struck, when i tell you you struck the fear of god in me i was like oh no it's happening <laughs> it's oh, happening. No. maybe you're right somebody does need to acquire them this uh but what if i told you they spelled it nft ii Oh, like like me's like NFTs. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. would that change? This comes from Chris Scullion at VGC. Nintendo has reportedly said it quote has interest in non fungible tokens and the metaverse, but has suggested that it's yet to define what it could do in the areas that would sufficiently appeal to users. During a Q and A session following the publication of Nintendo's latest financial results, the company's executives were asked what Nintendo's stance was on the metaverse and NFTs. According to analyst David Gibson, the response was that Nintendo had an interest in this area and could feel its potential. He said, quote, this is a made-up quote that Tim's making a joke about. Um, Hey, can I get your friend code? We can hang out in the metaverse together. Now back to the actual story. However, it was stressed that Nintendo wondered what joy it could provide in this area and was finding it difficult to define this. We do have interest in this area. We feel the potential in this area, but we wonder what joy we can provide in this area. And this is difficult to define right now, the company reportedly said. Well said, though. Well said. I love the Nintendo. They're like, it's. we're all about joy. We're bringing the joy. We don't see the joy in this. If there is joy in this eventually, maybe. We're not counting ourselves out. But we're not finding the joy. Uh, in a follow-up tweet, Gibson now claims that Nintendo's answer was mainly focused on Metaverse. So, yeah, this is just a story because it has to be. They asked them about NFTs. They gave an answer. They're not doing them yet. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate like I think it's the fact that as a tech company and as a game company and as a company that is always looking to evolve and figure out what the next step and things are i ex- i expect them to be trying to figure out like okay what is the metaverse what is what are nfts do we use them how do we use them like these these are questions that are okay to ask i think it is like what is the answer to those questions and with with nfts right now at least you hope the answer is no unless you figured out some extraordinary thing to do with them that it actually is going to be fun and actually is going to be good for the final product right like them leaning out of nfts makes sense right and it's a good thing them f- trying to figure out what their place is in the metaverse again it's a thing where i nintendo is a company that i kind of trust when it comes to how do we ma- how do we take this piece of technology and make a good product out of it make a fun game out of it make a fun experience out of it and like for i know the metaverse i feel like at this point means so many things to so many different people and like has kind of a wide definition in terms of what the fuck it is but for if we're talking about the metaverse as like a space to exist in and like whether that be like a social space or something that is like persistent where you can hang out with friends or do whatever right i feel like Wii U kind of had that a little bit already in terms of like the the Miiverse and all this stuff. And I can see Nintendo taking that and being like, cool, how do we make the Miiverse? <laughs> the more I talk about this now, the more I like, dude, I sound like a madman. But how do you make the Miiverse something that feels consistent, something that feels in brand, it, 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 along the lines of Nintendo's brand of like having fun, hanging out with people and creating your own avatar? Like I, I can see them doing shit like that that works on a greater level. 
does it interest me? Does it get me excited? Not really, because I, I didn't really fuck with the universe wait, like that. I can't wait, but bless, think about it. Nintendo Labo Metaverse. <laughs> so many words. So A lot of words there. A lot of How words do we there. make the Meverse more meta? <laughs> yeah. Like, and also, this is the thing of, like, I don't expect them to bring back the Meverse. Like, I think Nintendo's done with Mies, sadly, because I kind of like the Mies, but it is what it is um and then moving on from this we have a very connected story in a more negative way number seven gamestop launching nft marketplace this comes from dean takahashi at games beat gamestop has teamed up with immutable x to launch a marketplace for nfts later this year immutable and gamespot are creating an up to 100 million dollar fund dedicated to providing grants to game developers and studios to build on bullshit uh in doing so it runs the risk of angering hardcore gamers and some game developers who have expressed their displeasure to put it mildly on social media and um many game stonk investors who push gme stock price to well over 100 on the strength of memes have embraced radical new theories about ownership uh gamestop said that building on the immutable x protocol will enable faster more affordable carbon neutral and nearly limitless transactions on gamestop's nft marketplace which is being built for launching game Gaming developer-focused NFT projects. Uh, part of the reason blockchain games and NFTs aren't consumer-friendly is because they incur big gas fees for transactions. Gas is the fee required to encourage the blockchain to process the transaction. If you have to pay a transaction fee of 50 to 500 then it defeats the purpose of doing a $5 NFT purchase. I have no idea what the fuck he just said. <laughs> yeah, GameStop's <laughs> fucking up. The GameStop's doing the thing we don't want him to do. That's essentially boiling it down. Uh they're saying that there's going to be the zero gas fees and they're trying to figure that stuff out. That's good that they're at least saying that. But what's that actually mean? What's that look like? I don't know. GameStop holding on to is relevancy it, as much as they possibly can. I was going to say, does it surprise you that GameStop is still around? <sighs> Did you think they'd be gone by now? By now? There was, a, there, was a, there was a long stretch there. Where where it was just doom and gloom for years and years and years about GameStop. And I would have figured that by – if you asked me in 2015, I would have said by 2022, yeah, GameStop's not going to be around. But what we need to remember is I feel like a lot of doom and gloom comes from just people almost wanting things to fail and trying to find ways to explain it in the worst possible way imaginable. And I feel like GameStop had some real close calls and had some real bad shit come out from it. But – it wasn't ever at that point that it was like, oh, it's fallen tomorrow, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that especially with all the dumb stock stuff that happened, like, they're, I, they're eventually going to go away. I don't think it is going to be in the next two years. But mm-hmm. we'll see. At some point, they won't exist. Yeah. And this NFT stuff like, strikes me as a cry for we need more money. Like we are, we are trying to figure out, and this has been GameStop for a while, right? We're trying to figure out how to get the money, whether it is us figuring out how to turn GameStop stores into more of a hangout space as opposed to just a shop, which I'm sure got screwed by the pandemic. Or if it's us, you know, leaning into um, uh, like legacy uh, uh, game titles, right, and, and and selling retro stuff. It seems like they they keep trying to figure out what that next step is to make GameStop work. And this seems like the most desperate of all of them, uh, which saddens me, but also like doesn't surprise me, you know. And I, it's just it's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some more positive stuff. Tim Schaefer, Roundup. McCaffrey grabbed Tim after winning the New York Video Game Critics Circle's Andrew Yoon Legend Award and asked a couple questions. What next game to be your original IP? Or they, he wants the next game to be an original IP. Quote, there's some technical... Sorry, give me a second. Yeah, there's been some technical other games that I've worked on that have been sequels, but the real 
first real big follow-up to a big story with Psychonauts 2, Schaefer said. I think it leads me to want to do new original stuff for the next phase. Coming up with new ideas is really where my head is at right now. Since Double Fine's part of Microsoft, Schaefer was then asked if any of Xbox's available IP or franchises have piqued his interest. After joking about taking on King's Quest to finally get his revenge, he shared that ex-Double Fine programmer and designer Brad Muir had suggested they take on Warcraft Adventures. However, Schaefer reiterated that the studio's future is all about original IP. Brad Muir was suggesting that we take on Warcraft Adventures, you know, the full throttle era adventure game that Blizzard made. But no, we like to make up our own stuff at Double Fine, so they will not be handing us any IP. Uh, what about turning into a game? turning a game into a movie. We often get approached by people saying, hey, how can we turn this into a movie? But you know, it's usually just a distraction, Schaefer said. I think games are what I really care about and what I like to make and what I think are interesting. It comes up every once in a while, but it's never turned into anything. I've had lots of free lunches out of Hollywood. Good for you, Tim. I <laughs> love yeah. that. When Psychonauts was brought up as an IP that would seem like a great candidate for life outside of games, Schaefer said that while he agrees you could do tons of stuff with Psychonauts, he thinks that games are cooler than movies and TV, so it's already peaked. Classic Tim Schaefer. You gotta love it. Congrats for the wins. How do you feel about that, Barrett? He's just an absolute king. I love Tim Schaefer. He's the best. Uh, one of the most creative minds in the the industry. I'm excited for what they what the team comes up with next. You know, uh, of course, like I had only gotten really into Psychonauts this last year. I'd never played the original uh, before last year, um, and so I'm just I'm excited to see what other worlds they want to go to and what what stories they have to tell i'm i'm always down to to check it out um double fine doesn't always uh games don't always vibe with me um but they're always like a game that i want to pay attention to at least and, and and see where they go with it um so yeah i'm yeah i'm down for it shout out to shout out to tim schaefer like double fine is a studio that i'm kind of with barrett where like some of the games will click for me and then some some of the, the, them won't click as hard and for me when i think of the double fine game i love it's broken age which was a uh, like a, one of their i guess not recent anymore because it was years and years ago like i know it's, it's weird how like, it feels like that, that just came out but that game is old now uh but that's a point and click adventure game right point and click being that i played it on playstation so not literally but it is a choose your own adventure game right where it is a really cool art style really cool story and i'd love to see them revisit something like that um and like double fine as a studio is a studio that has that kind of range right has the kind of artistic vision and weird unique art direction barrett has it pulled up here right and like i think broken age maybe maybe has one of my favorite art styles in a video mm. game like it is an absolutely gorgeous game absolutely unique story uh and i love what he's saying here about wanting to make a new ip and like it's interesting because xbox game studios is a publisher now with so many different ips and i've been having conversations with mike on streams and off stream about like dude yeah like do you give somebody crash or do you give somebody spyro like if i'm rare right now right and i'm working on everwild and we're not having a great time making it because you know it's a struggle where we can't find the vision or whatever do you then turn to look at the huge bag of ips that microsoft owns and goes hey what if we made a spyro real quick you know like i'm i'm it, uh, and maybe I'll, I'll turn the question to you tim like you don't even have to take it from the Tim Schafer direction because it seems like he's he wants to do what he wants to do. But Tim, say that Microsoft brings you in, hires you, and they're like, Tim, motherfucking Gettys. You're mm -hmm. now the studio lead for Tim, motherfucking Getty studio. Love it. You have all these IP. Mm -hmm. What game do you want to make? Oh, oh, I mean... <laughs> If it's Tim Getty's studio, it's 100% Tony Hawk's Pro Skate or something or other. Ooh, over Crash. Whether, 
yeah we've got we got a good crash we got mm. a good crash remake and then we got a good crash uh cart remake and then we got a good crash sequel in my opinion the best crash game so it's yeah. like they, mm. i'm happy with what we got a crash i would love a crash 5 crash 4 was fucking fantastic but tony Hawk's pro skater one and two remake was next level they really fucking nailed it and we didn't get anything new <laughs> so i would definitely want something new and i would want it to be the team that made that one vicarious visions but they're gone uh but more than that like let toys for bob just do what they want to do that's what i would want is i would mm. want to go to them and be like hey bob mr bob what what game mr. do you bob. want do you want to make a new spyro do you want to make another crash what do you want to just do a new what IP? toys like, do what you, do you play want to play what toys do you want to play with, Bob? And then let them go. Because like, I feel like that's really where the, the passion comes through. Like, I think that when you look at Activision's teams, the Toys for Bob, the High Moon Studios, the Vicarious Visions, like that whole group, uh, Beanox, like they have proven that they have talents and skills. They can be used in so many ways, including making Call of Duty maps. But the Crash remakes the Cra and Crash 4 and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remakes, those are good because those teams cared and wanted them to be what they were they really gave a fuck and understood what they were working on mm. what it means and it's not just oh we're making a video game it's like yo there's there's something with this ip so let them do whatever the hell they want to do mm. yeah i think if, if microsoft came to me and they were like bless you now own uh uh blesses best games right i have my own game studio and i pick a pick an ip I mean, I want to say Jeff Force Gemini, even though I know that's not going to sell, right? No people aren't going to buy Jeff Force Gemini. That's just making it for myself. I'm, oh, I'm, dude. I'm like Tony Hawk also comes to mind. I might make Spyro because Spyro, I, I feel like, has been too dormant for too long. I know we got the Spyro remix, but we've not gotten a, a, a good new Spyro game in such a long time. And I know that there's a fan base out there that would appreciate like a good new Spyro game. I mean, I, I, there's no way that that wasn't the plan. Yeah, a Spyro four was just looking at how they were releasing games and their, their cadence of uh, just production schedules, like Spyro four, I guarantee was at least being worked on. Will we ever see it? I'm starting to doubt that based on how they've shuffled the teams around, but I don't know. Anything can happen these days. Uh, but let, let's move on to story. Number nine, Ollie Ollie world review rounds up on Metacritic right now, as of eight 30 AM. It's at an 85. IGN gave it a 9. Cam Shea saying, Radlandia may seem like an offbeat location for a skating game, but in reality, it's a wonderfully eclectic reflection of what Ali Ali World itself is trying to be. In this vibrant place, skating is an obsession and an escape. Whether you're wall riding through a forest or grinding across an incredibly industrial factory scape, its gameplay has enough depth to challenge hardcore players to master its level-long combos, but it's also a smooth and exciting ride for novices, backed by characters that are quirky and passionate. These elements ring true in every facet of its design from the more forgiving approach to basic gameplay through the new mechanics and refinements that make the skill ceiling higher than ever ollie ollie world is a fantastic evolution of what was already outstanding in the series now tim can i stop you right there yes uh, you can i just got a call on my phone greg miller what's up hi blessing how are you i'm doing good uh, now stop there barrett can you hear greg i can okay uh, greg continue what's up you know bless i just want to call Say I apologize for some of the things I said about you on the show earlier. You know, I was making some, making light of some stuff. Turns out it can happen to anybody. You know, it's just uh, can happen to anybody, and I apologize. Mm. Forgetting, I to pay, uh, forgetting to pay your electric uh, bill can happen to anybody. Hold on, Barry said that forgetting to pay your electric bill can happen to anybody, which I agree with. You know, that can <laughs> that goes that goes all ways. You never know. You know that bill that bill comes through. You forget bill to check comes the mail. The bill comes you due. Think you think you've done it already? You know what I mean? I, I got to pay this every month. That seems kind of that seems like a racket. Yeah, like who decided every month? 
You know, it's right. like, well, how, what do you expect from us as human beings? Do you know how many bills we have that are monthly? <laughs> it's like, yo, let's yeah. crank these things up to yearly because it's kind of ridiculous to have so many responsibilities that you got to fulfill monthly. Ridic- that's only 30 days. Just, I mean, just take the money automatically. You know what I mean? Why do you, why do you need Just tell me. Just take it. I use the electricity. Take it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Greg. I appreciate the apology. Right, we're on the same page. No uh, I'll, I'll, accept I'll it. Have fun in the dark. <laughs> game spot gave it a nine uh saying there's still so much to ollie ollie world that can always leave a course to try something else for a while before coming back that freedom to just leave a problem and tackle it again later or to shut off the point scoring part of your brain and get into the flow is what makes ollie ollie world so endearing uh game and forfeit gave it an eight this comes from blake hester saying all in all i really enjoyed my time with ollie ollie world it's a gorgeous and goofy game that onboards new players well while also giving veterans plenty of challenge uh barrett You've been playing this as well, right? I have. Uh, yeah, I've been playing for like the last week or so. It's been kind of like my uh, game in between all of the other millions of games because there's so many fucking games out here. But it's my kind of like, I just want to turn my brain off and just skate. And I did not really vibe uh, with the uh, first two Ali Ali games. And yeah, this one just really grabbed me. I love the the, the vibe, the kind of like the, the different art direction they went with. Uh, the soundtrack is really fun. The creative character is like really, really in depth. Uh, and you can like really get fun with it. And yeah, just like the skating mechanics are, are, are really fun. Um, kind of like one of those like simple to learn but difficult to master uh, situations that gets you really addicted into like just doing runs over and over again and like repeating levels uh to either like uh improve your overall like level score or to do like other like little side objectives and stuff there's a lot of replay value in it um i think it's the perfect game of like if you know, you're not in the mood for um, like a, a, a big like, you know, you're you're laying down. You want to play something, but you don't want to like get into a story or anything. And you just want to kind of like tune out to, you know, TV or something in the background. Just play something. I think this is the perfect, uh, perfect game to kind of have that for. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's really silly and fun and goofy. And I, I think it's definitely worth checking out in this already very busy month. And I would not have expected to say that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago um, that, yeah, people should be paying attention to Ali Ali World because uh, it's one of those. It's so early in the year, but like I could see this being on my like top 10 of the year. Wow. wow. Low on the top awesome. 10, but still like up there. Yeah. Uh, Ali Ali World is a game I've oh, I've only played the first hour of. Like Barrett mentioned, there's so many games. And so it was, it was me bounce between Ali Ali World, uh, Dying Light 2 and then other games. Right. And then Horizon comes in. I'm like, well. I guess I'm not gonna play the rest of Holly Holly World because I, I I liked it in that first hour, but it, I wasn't in love with it in a way that just kept that made me want to keep going. But I will say that like it got it already had its hooks in me more than Ali Ali Two did because I had tried Holly Ali Two and I just wasn't digging it. Uh, and hopping into Ali Ali World, I can kind of see the motions where it kind of has that. Uh, I don't want to compare it to a mobile game because it's better than, than like what you think of when I say it reminds me of a mobile game, but it kind of has that level of. Hey, each level has its objectives that you can do, right? Like its bonus objectives that you can do to like get the higher score. And so, like you know, pop the five balloons during this during this level. Do a combo that's worth this much by the time you get to the end of the level. Those types of things that are your extra objectives. And in a world where I had more free time and I wasn't playing other games, I could see myself going down the 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 path of like 
go uh, before I go to bed, popping yeah. uh, popping on my Switch, hanging out and like doing a level and trying to hit every single bonus objective and 100%ing it. It seems like that kind of game. And, and it is really fun. And like the part of the fun is like how surprisingly challenging it gets as well because there yeah. are the those bonus objectives can get really tough. And like I've spent like I'm barely I think there's like five areas and I'm I'm bare like I'm halfway through the second one and I've I probably have like a good six seven hours into the game but that's just because i've been like taking my time with every single level as i go through them and trying to do everything um and it is like again it's one of those things where it, like it took priority over pokemon as like my switch uh game that i play at bedtime kind of thing and yeah absolutely it's so fun to just like pick up play for 15 20 minutes and then fall asleep i mean bear is that is that season right Bless, if you go outside right now, I guarantee you that you can hear the leaves changing colors. It's because it's review season. It's review season. Everyone, I'm going to need you to stop what you're doing. Go outside and see if you can hear the leaves changing colors, okay? And if not, stick your tongue out. See if you can What's taste that? it. See see, if you can taste taste the pollen. Taste the pollen of the seasons changing. Uh, story number 10, Tiny Tina's Gone Gold. There you go. IGN put up a preview of it yesterday. You can check that out for their IGN first stuff. Uh, if you want some more Borderlands, you can get some. It's coming soon. Oh, yeah. uh, and then story number 11, Phil Spencer's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award at DICE. The Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences today announced that Phil Spencer, CEO of Microsoft Gaming, will be the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award. Spencer will be honored at the 25th Annual DICE Awards Ceremony, which will be held at the Mandalay Bay. Blah, blah, blah. You already know this stuff. Greg's hosting it. That's really cool. Really exciting. Congrats to Uncle Phil. That's awesome. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Phil. Phil is amazing. Thank I love this, the this image Thank that Barrett you. brought up of Phil Spencer holding the uh, Xbox Series X like a bazooka. What movie is this supposed to be? Is this like Rambo? This is yeah. yeah. Oh, is it Rambo? I thought I was oh. convinced this was Schwarzenegger, but yeah, when Me you too. say Rambo, that that makes more we're, sense. We're gonna need Nick to get involved in this. This is uh, yeah. above Commando. my pay grade for it's, sure. It's Commando, says Commando. Yeah. Commando. Yeah. So, so that is Schwarzenegger. Uh, Barrett, yeah, me and you were in the same place. So it's like that's Schwarzenegger, yeah. but <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm proud that I could identify Schwarzenegger by his fucking arms. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all Phil, baby. Uh, but hey, us watching Commando for the first time seems so far away. Bless if I wanted to know what's coming to Mama Grab Shops today, where would I look? Oh, you will look toward the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily sh- Show hosts each and every weekday. Do 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 Tim, do the jingle at one point, please. Yes. No. Out today, uh, Nintendo says you can relive your childhood and experience the classic humongous entertainment adventures of Pajama Sam, Putt-Putt, Freddy Fish, and Spy Fox Let's with fucking the whole go. family on Nintendo Switch today. I so badly want to hit up uh, uh, Mike and be like, yo. I know we play in Familiar Rising Revengeance. What if you played some Spy Fox on stream? You know, let's 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 take a trip down memory lane and play some Spy Fox. Shout out to that. I hope I want to see more of this, honestly. Like old ass educational computer games coming to Nintendo Switch. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Good for them. Nano in the uh, chat next- says it comes with new content, apparently. So no way. Whoa. No way. I don't believe you. That's crazy. That is, that is fantastic. Uh, Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishment on Switch. The 100-Year Kingdom on Switch and PC. 1CC Game Shump Collection. The fuck? On Switch. Uh, food Delivery Battle on Switch. Draw a Stick Man. Epic <laughs> on Switch. <laughs> Super Shadow Break Showdown. Ninja vs. the Three Kaijus on Switch. 
Flagathon on Switch. And this week brings a brand new Power Cruiser to GTA Online, the Western Reaver. It's now available to purchase. New dates for you. Polygon says Silk Sonic is bringing its brand of R&B to Fortnite. Bruno Mars and Anderson Max musical duo. We'll get in-game skins as part of the Icon series, as well Why? as a few other cosmetics and a new radio station to listen to while you drive around the island. All of Silk Sonic's items will arrive in, on February 10th. Roman I, mechanics. I, I want a campaign to get uh, uh, Gunner in in Fortnite. All right, we got to be pushing P in Fortnite chat. All right, let's let's all tweet at Epic. Let them know that we want Gunner in Fortnite. Isn't that right, Roger? Pushing right. P. Pushing P. Pushin P. Also, this is Rover- gameplay for. Uh, Draw stick man, man epic. epic. <laughs> love it. Freaking love it. Rover Mechanic Simulator is coming into Switch February 18th. Claustrophobia, February 10th to Steam. Mago, the villain's burger, a free prologue of their retro 2D platformer Mago. <laughs> it's coming to Steam on February 7th. Noel the Mortal Fate is releasing on Switch on February 10th. Deals of the day. Uh, you can choose your battles wisely this weekend in free play days on Xbox. Naruto Taboruto, Shinobi Striker, Bad North Jotun Edition, and Greek Memories of Azure are all available this weekend for Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members to play from February, February 3rd until 6th, the, the 6th at midnight. Um, now it's time for your wrong. We killed it. We corrected ourselves for the things we got wrong here. Yeah, those look like stuff we caught. Good work, Tim. Yeah, we nailed it. Nothing went wrong this episode at all. <laughs> flawless. <laughs> flawless victory. <laughs> uh, tomorrow's hosts are Greg Miller and Married to the Games, Gabe Patilla. I mean, That's maybe. Fun. Maybe. Maybe. You know? Maybe. We'll see if Greg, you know, what else. Actually pays his electric bill, you know? Jesus. What do you think Greg's doing right now? You think he's just sitting in the dark staring at a wall? <laughs> He's like, or he's like trying to defend his family from like the beasts that are that have entered his home because it's, it's <laughs> do the beast can the beast detect that uh, the power is out? You think? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like uh, it's Greg. He has like a torch in one hand. Mm, he's like, mm. he's like, it's um, uh, it's like what call it? Jurassic World when uh, Chris Pratt is like trying to fend uh, off the yeah, beast. Yeah, yeah. That's what Greg Miller is, but he's like fending off the beast and protecting. Do you think his he'll befriend like, the beast like Chris Pratt in Jurassic World? I hope Greg does not befriend any beasts. We don't need that in our lives. Uh, if you're watching live on Twitch right now, after this, we got Mike and Blessings playing some Metal Gear Rising. Maybe some Spy Fox. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, if you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays, and you'll watch the VOD later. But for everyone else, we're about to get into the post show. Who's it going to be on it? What's it going to be? I truthfully don't know right now, but I'll tell you that I'm going to be there, and we're going to have some fun. Until then, bye. I love you. <laughs>